to this edition of the best book show ever. I'm your host, Beth Albright. I am a USA Today bestselling author myself, and I thought what better way to combine the two things I love, broadcasting and writing fiction, together into this fabulous podcast. My guest today is author MJ Flournoy. I love her to death. I've known her. We sat together at a RWA and some sort of connection happened. It was like explosion. I've known this lady in another lifetime, and we've, we've been in touch ever since. How are you today? I'm fine. You're looking very beautiful this morning. Oh gosh, thanks. It, it's all smoke and mirrors, honey, as you know, in the South. We, <laughs> <laughs> it's, exactly. it's transformation. <laughs> Don't wake up looking like this. It's like, oh my God, who just stepped out of the bathroom? Um, but anyway, I'm so glad to have you. And uh, we've, we've been through a lot ups and downs in our careers. You've had a long career as a writer. And I want to kind of start at the beginning. One of the things I like to do with this show is to give other writers inspiration. And you are such an inspiration because you have, and I think that this is kind of a thread running through all of the authors I've interviewed so far. You have that can-do spirit, never give up spirit. This is who you are. This is what you do. Even if you have to go in a closet at a party to write down your notes, that's who you are. And that's why you're a writer. So let's back up to the beginning and talk about how you became this entity. Okay. Well, um... I was a reader a long time before I became a writer, but um, I was, a, a you know, I'm Southern. I'm from Georgia. I, I was a child bride. I got married at 16. Wow. And your parents and, were okay with that or was you, were you the runaway bride? <laughs> now, my parents were all right with it to a certain extent. My mother had a terminal illness. And I think she was looking toward getting her children all settled where she oh. knew they would be okay. Okay. So, I get know, that. They, they knew that my husband would be the one to take care of me. So, so that's why they were okay with it. But I, I dropped out of school and got married when I was 16 years old. Had two babies by the time I was 19. Wow figured out what caused them and ended that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Never I, doing uh, that yet. <laughs> yeah. I figured out, you know, two's enough. Two's more than I can raise. So um, about probably when the children were in school where I had a little bit more time, I started writing closet writing as you say yeah where nobody would know what I was doing because you know who would want to read what I had to write anyway <laughs> and did so, your husband know he did not know I didn't think that he knew however um, I came home from work one day and he was telling me about seeing a, an author on tv and the interview and he was real impressed with it and it, it just happened to be one of my favorites. I think it was Kathleen Woodowitz, uh -huh. who was my absolute favorite writer at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, didn't you used to try to write? And I was like, <laughs> busted. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he has been very supportive ever since, you know. So I got to come out of the closet. Yep. <laughs> uh, and start writing and you know he would help me by cooking supper or washing dishes or whatever he had to do how wonderful it, 
it still took two incomes to get by. Sure, sure. So I was working full time and trying to write and taking care of two babies. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, he, he was the one that made it possible for me to do it because if he hadn't been uh, supportive, I would not have been able to. Right. That's wonderful. How long have you been married? 55 years. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. We've been together. And see, you knew at 16, that was the one. He was yeah, the one. that's absolutely. a romance in itself, MJ. That's a romance <laughs> in itself. You know, it's it's always been us against the world. Yeah. You know, we we depend on each other and, and we've been together, you know, forever now. And yeah, this last year has tested that because we've <laughs> really been together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like with my home my husband, at the end of the day, that's that's where I want to be. You know, I don't want to really be hanging out that many hours with other people anyway. You know, exactly. you have to put on your face and put on your show at home with him. You can just mm-hmm. be who you are. That that might have helped your writing. You know, do you think because you didn't have to worry about being something you weren't, you could really be the writer that was always inside of you. Exactly. I think so. I think it, it really did. You know, ha- having his support has been very instrumental. Um, what was the first book where you felt like, OK, I'm there. I did it. Um, it took me a long time to actually sell a book and, and have it published. And, um, I think it was in 2013 when A Matter of Trust came out. That's the Um, same year Sassy Bells came out. And that's why we met at all the conventions and events. Both of us were new at the same time. We were, we really were. And, uh, you know, I had been chasing the dream of publishing with Harlequin and I've never achieved that dream, but I I came real close. They, at at the time I first wrote a book that I targeted for Harlequin, I got their address out of the back of a Harlequin (laughs) because I knew nothing about the publishing world. Yeah. And so I sent it to the address that was in that book (laughs) And, you know, just like I do, it takes forever. They kept it for over a year. And I finally got so impatient. I said, I'm going to call. So I called Harlequin in Canada, which is where I sent it. (laughs) Right. You know, and I thought, well, they won't answer the phone or they won't talk to me or whatever. And I called Canada and Uh, a lady answered the phone and I told her my name and why I was calling. And she said, Oh, wait, just a minute. And so I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) what's going on here? You know, so uh, she came back and she said, Oh yes, we received your entry and it has been couriered to uh, England. I about fell out. Wow. I was like, Oh my God. Was it, isn't it Mills Mills and Mills and Boone? That, yeah, that, yeah, that's okay. where they sent it. But yeah. at, at the time that I sent it, it was written strictly as a sweet romance. Mm-hmm. And this was at the time when they were going to where you could keep the bedroom door open. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway. My original Sassy Bells, by the way, was not enough. So before it was published, they had me go back and amp that up. <laughs> yeah. Amp up the heat, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, we got caught right in that. But anyway, they kept it for over a year and it was rejected. 
However, if I had known then what I know now, I would have rewritten and sent it back to them. Uh-huh. And that's one thing that, that new writers don't know that I wish they did. If you get an in-detail rejection letter telling you the reason that they can't buy your book, yeah. fix that and send it back. Yep. I'm in the middle of that right now <laughs> with my suspense. And they don't take the time to tell you what's wrong if no. they don't really want you to to send it back you know yeah if you get one that says best of luck elsewhere or something like that <laughs> two sentences then, i hate that yeah then, then you know they're not interested but if you get one that that details you know well we liked this this and this however this and this was a problem mm-hmm. then you need to fix whatever this and this was and maybe ramp up on the things that they liked about mm-hmm. it so how about your process finding an agent what was that I mean, like? I have had two agents and the first one was in New York. And she, she, at one time she was really well known, but she had really bad health problems mm. and was not able to do what she needed to do. Yeah, And so, you know, I finally realized that, you know, health wise, she was not going to be able to, to do what she needed to do to, to push the book. So we parted companies. Mm-hmm. And then I had another one who was with a, a well-known company in Georgia. And um, that didn't work out well either. Mm. So I just, said, I might well, know who that know. is. I don't say any names on this show because the business is so small, but I think I might know who you're talking about. Yeah, you probably do. (laughs) You probably do. Yeah. I mean, the person is a dear friend and I love her to death, but um, I I think it was a matter of too many irons in the fire. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, But it's not, it's not a bad thing. I mean, a lot of new writers want to, want to pick out the best, biggest, most well-known seven figure deal type of agents. And sometimes it's better to get the ones that are small and new and hungry that they want exactly. to get out there and sell that first that first novel that maybe they're brand new maybe their agency's brand new. So yeah. I've been looking at some some people like that too. Some of the big ones are are reading um I've got two projects out there right now and some people are reading them both. But I have purposely started looking for the small ones. You know why cuz cuz Marilyn Monroe's story she had that one guy and that one guy had one client and it was her. <laughs> Right. And he was not going to give up. He believed in her so much. Your agent has to believe in you, fight exactly. for you. And exactly. it's hard to find. It's just exactly. hard to find that. Yeah, it really is. And with the the change towards self-publishing and indie yeah. publishing and more small presses, it's really not as imperative now to have uh, an agent. So I've been going it on my own. For how long? The last, uh, probably for the last uh, five years. Oh, okay. And how's yeah. the experience been? Are you happy with yourself, or you would rather go back to traditional? Um, I like the control of being able to um, put the story out the way I want it to. Right. I enjoyed the the traditional, even though it was a, 
a smaller publisher that I went with. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. And, you know, and it's always a thrill to be able to say, hey, I'm, I'm published. And right. All. Are you but, doing um, any self-publishing? Have you done that? I have. In fact, uh, the work that I publish under my name, Melba Moon, mm-hmm. is all self-published. And, uh, you know, that that's kind of a story in itself with being MJ and Melba. Yeah. Tell me about that. Tell me a little bit about that. How did that happen and why did that happen? Well, the reason it happened was when I sold my first book uh, in 2013, I was still teaching and I taught eighth grade. Oh, my. (laughs) And a lot of my female students especially were readers. Uh huh. And I saw some of the books that they carried around. So I knew that you know, if I published something under Melba Moon, they were going to find it. Yeah. And so I I told my um, editor that I probably needed to use a pseudonym. And what I what I went with is really my name mm-hmm. because MJ, that's my initials because mm-hmm. it's Melba. And uh, Flournoy is my maiden name. Okay. So... Um, it, it's really me. It's just, I left off the, the teacher persona of Melba. Yeah. yeah. And you needed to write books that they could read probably, and it wouldn't be too hot, you know? Yeah. Once <laughs> they found out, uh, that I was a published author, then they wanted to read what I had written. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is a problem because yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want my eighth graders to read my romantic suspense that, yep. I've had that happen um, at my theater in Cedarburg. The Cedarburg Library has all 11 of my books. And um, I was amazed. I I went to the Barbara Vey Readers event that was always there in Milwaukee before I moved there. And so uh, the, the, the books wound up at all the libraries in the area because of that. So I go down to my library literally two blocks away and there's all my books and I'm all excited. And they asked me to sign them. So I did. So then I started the theater and here's this 12 year old carrying around Magic and Dixie. The Magic and Dixie series, the In Dixie series was my independent series. Harlequin published Sassy Bells and then I carried on those characters in another series. And that book was not for someone 12 years old. <laughs> it absolutely was not because Harlequin had trained me to like turn up the heat a little bit. And so the bedroom scenes were quite explicit. And there she is. And she goes, no, no, it's fine. My mom knows I'm reading this. I'm like, but does your mom know what that is? <laughs> I was so <laughs> astounded. It was like, please exactly. let me have that book. I was snatching it out of her hands. But yeah, so I know exactly how that feels to the letter that you're, you're a little bit worried <laughs> to say. Oh, the least. Yeah. And one of my girls that, um, she, she definitely was into reading and very advanced and very computer savvy tracked me down anyway, because I had, uh, you know, my internet presence as MJ. Yeah. And she was smart enough to track me down. And she came in one morning and she says, Ms. Moon, I found you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I had to swear her to secrecy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this was this after you were traditionally published or? Yeah. It, I was traditionally published 
with my romantic suspense. Oh, wow. And she had heard the other teachers talking, you know, about, oh, Miss Moon's got a book out. Miss Moon's <laughs> got a book out. And she couldn't find it because she was a, a voracious reader. Yeah. And she couldn't find it and couldn't understand why she couldn't find it. But she was looking for Melba Moon. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I bet um, she was so excited when she figured that out. Oh, she did. And she read it too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But she, you know, she was in the eighth grade, but she was a little bit older. So she probably was maybe 14 going on 15 at the time. And uh, she liked the book. She enjoyed it. And, you know, some of the others that she carried around was yeah. probably a lot more explicit than what mine was anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I decided that it would be better not to have them coming in to the classroom saying, I read your book last night. Yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> because then it'd be hard to have a lecture about teaching algebra while they're wanting to talk about the book. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's, it's great. You have both sides of your brain working. I couldn't even get through my algebra classes, let alone teach algebra <laughs> and then the writing. So that's, that's an unusual trait you have too. I think the most brilliant people have both sides working. I am not one of those people at all. Two plus two is about as far as I can go. Addition. <laughs> well, I went back to school at an um, more advanced age. I was like, I think I was 38 when I started college. Uh-huh. Um, I got my GED when um, my daughter was five weeks old. I started going to night school wow. to get my GED. Wow. And so I got my GED and then I worked for probably 15 years and I had an opportunity for the company that I was working for to get a, a scholarship to go to college. Wow. And I signed up for it, had no idea that I would get it. And I got the interview, you know, and here I was 38 years old and lined up with all these high school seniors that were... Yeah. Uh, applying for the same scholarship and when mm -hmm. I went in and talked to them they asked me said well what will you do if you don't get the scholarship and I just looked at them smiled and said I won't go to school yeah yeah <laughs> which was true and shockingly I got the scholarship and I went to school at LaGrange College and got a four-year degree in history wow so, nobody told me that you know <laughs> you, could, you could not get a teaching job in history in Georgia because that's what all the coaches teach. Oh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, I wound up um, going into special education. It, you know, it's kind of like the good Lord puts you where he wants you to be. Mm -hmm. And even though I was a history teacher, he knew that I could be a mother and a mentor to so many of those children right. that, that needed me in the special ed field. Mm -hmm. And the first year that I taught, I went in in October. School had been going for two months. And they had more children than they had teachers. And so they created a classroom for me. Oh, wow. And every teacher that they pulled kids from their class got to pick which ones went. Do you think they put the best ones in there? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. they sent the ones that were the most troublesome. So my yeah. class was mostly behavior disorders mm. and uh, 
really children that needed somebody to love them. Well, you and I have so much in common because that that's what draws me to the theater. It's bringing out the self-esteem, the shyest of children, uh, behavior disorders, all of that. Bring it all to me because really the theater is where so many people can really kind of get their own therapy without going to therapy. You know, it's very therapeutic. So I see exactly what you're talking about. Um, With the time we have left, let's talk about your books. Which one is your favorite to write? What was your favorite one to write so far? My favorite one uh, was A Matter of Trust. It's a romantic suspense. It uh, has a, the heroine is a teacher with, with psychic abilities. Um, Well, her ability is really not her. It's, you know, if you read the book, you'll find out who the maniac is. Yeah. (laughs) And the maniac is a disembodied voice in her head Mm -hmm. that knows things and tells her things. Oh, wow. Uh, and it centers around a child that is uh, kidnapped, and the maniac and Jolie, their goal is like ours to help children, mm-hmm. and they know when a child is in danger. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that was it. Was kid- that in twenty thirteen? I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Okay, but but I got the rights back to it a couple oh. years ago, and so I've. Indie published it. Well, good so for we, you. I've wondered about that because my sassy bells are available for me to get my rights back. Now it's been over five years or whatever it's supposed to be. Um, but I haven't done that yet. What's the advantage of doing that? Is it your advice for other writers? Well, for one thing, um, you have more control. Uh, the one thing I like about it, especially with the ebooks, is there, there are always things that need to be fixed in a book. And I hate to, especially with my work, to be reading through it and find a mistake. Yep. <laughs> and when you do it yourself as an ebook, you can reload it. Yeah, you've got your own find files. it. Mm-hmm. You can make that change. And I guess I'm paranoid because, like I said at the beginning, who would want to read my work? No, yeah, I think you've done great. <laughs> I love your cover for Little Lies. I think of your covers. That's my favorite one. Um, yeah. Is, yeah. That one is. And uh, that particular that particular story was... Um, it, it was challenging to write. I enjoyed it. Um, I guess my favorite one that I have written so far uh, is probably a Christmas surprise because it's a wounded warrior mm-hmm. and a secret baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a novella. It's not full length. Yeah. But um, but those are wonderful, especially at the holiday season when everybody's so busy. That's what I look for is novella. So I think that's a that's a good thing. What's on tap for you as we we push into 2021? What's coming? Okay, um, I'm going to be doing a series that is based on my cruise vacations that I have taken. I'm going to. Is that why put, you're posting all of this Amalfi Coast and making me is. like drool? You make it me. Is. I love these pictures, but oh, oh my God, MJ, it's such a, an escape for me during the day. So thank you for posting those things. <laughs> is that where the books are going to take place? That's exciting. It, it really is. The first one is um, the title, working title on it is Love Venice. 
Okay. And it, you know, it's love comma, then it's yeah, like, yeah. A, like a letter from there. Yeah. Um, and the heroine uh, arrives having taken the advice of uh, her travel agent that you don't really need to, to hire a car that you can use the uh, water, water bus, you know, the, yeah. the Prezo and all, and comes with too much luggage. So yeah. this actually happened to my daughter and me when we were in Venice. Uh-huh. And so that's going to be the first story. And how many books know, in this series do you think? Well, we'll do, I'm going to do Venice. I'm going to do Santorini. I'm going to do Mykonos and Vienna. So at least four. At least, yeah. So people are so ready to travel. So the timing for you to do these books, that's phenomenal. Perfect thinking. It's been a, it's been a tough year. You know, COVID, COVID has gotten the best of all of us. And I don't know about for you my mind is starting to turn to mush because my agent who died of breast cancer last summer, and I will always love her. She said to me, you, a writer has to fill the well. And when your well is empty, you better go out and live life because that's how writers fill their well. And so I don't, you know, that, that, that part of it, I, you know, thinking about those things and looking at your pictures helps me fill the well because I still can't go anywhere. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, um, the, the pictures, I guess it, it's it's one of those things that's meant to be because once I got onto that feed, they they pop up all the time, and awesome. when they pop up, I share them, and it's like, all righty, it well, won't be long now. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait for the books. Um, are you going to indie publish those? I am. Good for I you. Am. I'm I'm thinking about along those lines too, because you just know what you want to do and you know what your readers want. And so why, why go through all the middle? I understand where your thinking is. I've run out of time. I hate that. I love talking to you. I'm sure I'll give you a call and we'll have to do some chit chats. I, I would love to send some of my stuff to you and, and have you uh, get your opinion. So thank you so much. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I love you too. Thank you so much, MJ. That was so great. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining me on the best book show ever. I'm Beth Albright, and we'll be back with another author before you know it. 